Today's podcast is sponsored by Maroc Maroc, a producer of luxury beauty care products that tells the story of Morocco using argan, orange, or almond trees or roses. To benefit from recognized expertise in cosmetology, the Maroc Maroc skincare products are and have produced and tested in France from the outset. All products are created, manufactured, and packaged in France, preserving the spirit of ancestral beauty routines of Moroccan women. The Maroc Maroc cosmetics are created by blending together plants, technology, and unique know-how. They're cruelty-free without mineral oils, parabens, or silicon oil, even in their shampoos, and all of them are used and beloved by men and women equally. Now, my personal favorites are Sunset and Sons, a delicate exfoliating cream which I can use both on dry and humid skin. The scent is just divine and lingers the whole day with me. I follow with uh, L'Or El Largan, a sparkly non-sticky oil that sparkles delicately when sunlight hits the skin. It's like being wrapped in golden light. Oh, I love the detoxifying and exfoliating body balm. The feeling is indescribable when it mixes with water on the skin. You really must experience it to know what I mean. And then mm. I follow up with the Rose de Sucre Nourishing Body Cream as the cherry on the cake. Not only my body, but all my senses thank me. Hmm. There may or not may be a giveaway on our Instagram accounts, but I won't say anything that might incriminate me as my lawyer advises. Learn more on www.marocmaroc.com. Woman! <laughs> woman the one who says it first wins you stole you stole my word the now second i time. feel i feel cheated i'm sorry okay this go. isn't going to work okay let's let's <laughs> let's start all over do it woman finally you're all mine again <laughs> i think it's your patented trademark you do it much better than me Yes, I'm sorry. My my word is woman and it's always going to be. And you're not fashion lawyer, you're woman to me. Good. So, yeah, it looks Good. like I'm all that for all your followers also, which kind of pleases me, actually. It, it comes as a as an identity, sort of. Yes, you, you've been identified and you're just going to stay that for the rest of your life. Now, I want to know what your followers call me. Or actually, I might not want to know after this, but <laughs> yeah, you, you must tell me that. I have no idea. Um, I think, you know, if I could impact, they would probably call you violent if I would oh, have yes. a word. <laughs> uh, but uh, no, I think everybody calls you Lady V. I think that's the easiest, no? Yeah, yeah. As long as they, they call me LV. I don't want to be confused with uh, Louis Vuitton and, and all, the, all of that. So, yeah. But that doesn't uh, happen, I, does it? Does well, it? someone actually thought that LV was inspired by Louis Vuitton once. And ah. I, I, was, I was really surprised because um, in all of my life, no one has actually seen me carry anything from Louis Vuitton. Uh, and everyone sort of knows that. But it, it was funny because they thought I was... Uh, either doing an homage or just inspiring myself by by a French company, but no, not not happening. As a very quick uh, introduction, then I'm just going to speak about this for 30 seconds. But the the new Louis Vuitton shop in Luxembourg opened this week during a pandemic. I find it absolutely remarkable that it. I actually... so hated you. I hated you when <sighs> I saw you went shopping. I hate no, you. No, well, I mean, I want to. I actually want to ask you how your week's been. But before that, shopping at least. <laughs> <laughs> at least shop opening <laughs> but I mean it's remarkable in terms of sales and just how it's feasible to have a store opening a renovation and a store opening uh, successfully going through uh, during the pandemics and um, so they basically they took uh, uh, several stories uh, corner shop uh, that was hosted by a previous uh, Luxembourgish institution for uh, interior decoration I think and they redid it entirely um, and they couldn't have an inauguration because of the pandemic. So they took appointments for uh, and also drop ins. But uh, yeah, for, for the visit. And it was actually rather they are very strict in terms of how many can come. So if you take an, I, well, I was about to ask. Yeah, they're very strict. So if you take in an appointment for once, so I wanted to go with Mr. FL, then I had to advise them on time so that they can keep the counts. And then oh, that, that would have been funny. Sorry, husband, you cannot come. They said no. Oh. Yeah, I mean, you have to I, I quite like. <laughs> that you have to be better planned because it suits better with my schedule so I can go for an hour instead of just lingering and having to wait and all that so I, I do find the new organization actually quite practical from a 
life perspective. But what happened basically is I came four o'clock sharp for my appointment and the advisor that was receiving me was not finished with hers. So I was let in through the door, uh, through the queue. So I didn't queue on the outside. But then I was asked to wait at the door until my sales advisor came and I, you know, took some gel oh, in wow. the meantime. And then what happened is another advisor became available so in theory, that advisor could have taken the person uh, next in line, which was a family with a baby uh, trolley or baby carriage, and they could not come in. Baby carriage. Baby I, carriage. I don't know what the word is. <laughs> they couldn't come in prior to me having uh, been allowed access into the shop because of the the restrictions. So I think they divide sort of the shops in several areas. And for as long as I was occupying the entrance waiting they, they had to stay outside. So I asked them, you know, can I not go and stand alone in that corner? I, I promise I'm not going to touch or look at anything. <laughs> but that would at least liberate, you know, the space for this now available sales advisor to come in. And, and that happened. Anyway, that was longer than 30 seconds. But just to say it was beautiful internally. And uh, the, the most impressive thing, I must say, was all the furniture that they had uh, created for the shop. Uh, beautiful, beautiful. I blend. saw that. Yeah. That, was, that was very pretty. I don't know. If, and and yeah. am, am I mistaken, or I saw a Swedish brand of furniture inside? Yeah, actually, it's not a brand. So it's um, it's a Svensk Ten. Um, uh, it's a print, actually. It it's it used to be a wallpaper print uh, by a lady that she developed in the nineteen twenties. Um, Esther, I have to remember the last name actually, uh, so I don't offend anyone. But it's a super famous print that sold at an iconic furniture shop called Svensk Ten, which is located on Strandvägen in Stockholm. Um, How come that every time you speak Swedish, I don't know whether if you're insulting me or just saying something very naughty. I mean, I mean that's unfair. I'm just going to start in my mother language, and that's going to be even more awful. I'm yeah, basically anyway. saying I hope that your IKEA furniture always uh, come missing a screw. That's what I'm saying. I actually have I actually have some furniture that misses a screw. So thank you. Your curse is very efficient. <laughs> so I think they were only using. I think they only used uh, cloth to um to dress an existing furniture but i don't know actually i don't know and uh if if you didn't ask but if times would have been normal i would have taken time to stroll and sort of enjoy it as a museum uh, but here you know you had to sort of move out so of what did you do what, what was your you know procedure in times of covid inside a newly opened store so what were you allowed to do and what are you not allowed to do uh, i mean the, you, you're actually allowed to do everything but with particular care the only procedure that is new is that you can't occupy the same space as another people because of the you know number of people per square meters uh, so they had several sitting lounges all for their i can see married couples already enjoying that no i mean couples from the same household uh can breathe the same air so that's fine Bummer. That's, that's fine and and speaking about that of course nobody breathes other than their own breath because you wear your mask indoors of course you don't take it off um, unless you are consuming a beverage or whatever they are serving you so there are several sitting areas and they separate the um, the the companies and they disinfect between each of the companies so I would say in terms of security and maintenance uh, I, I I probably saw I would say probably triple or triple the staff that usually is there. So security that'll take your coat and hang it somewhere and security that'll disinfect the tables and the chairs between each of the, each of the guests. And, um, you know, I, I triple checked the glasses because of course it was opening. So they were, uh, we were toasting in Rina Blanc de Blanc. And, you know, I checked the glasses. Are they properly cleaned? Because sometimes... Oh, my God, you check the glasses yeah, for being properly cleaned. Sometimes that's, it's... That's not OCD at all. No, but no. I, I don't have typically OCD. But, you know, sometimes it just goes very fast because there's such a turnover. But, I, I, you know, it was everything was just proper. And then, you know, you stay with your sales advisor. So no real strolling off on your own. And you know, oh. they didn't say, but by measures of prudence, I let her sort of hold the garments so they have a lady section that they didn't have before so oh if you have to pee pee what do you do i didn't ask i know in some stores for example chanel they don't offer that anymore so you're not allowed to go to the restrooms and probably because they don't have somebody 
uh, to disinfect between the customers. I didn't ask here, so I'm not sure, actually. I'm... So if, if you peeped yourself uh, for excitement for the beautiful dress you showed on the story, so that's your thing. You, you just cannot go into the restroom anymore. I How fun. Yeah, I stopped that a long time ago. And I, I, uh, I, I try to avoid <laughs> that type of accidents. But I'd say, the, and then the additional sort of procedure... Um, so uh, I uh, spotted um, a little python capucine bag. So it's actually, it's rather, it's an elegant dressy bag, but in this mini format in python. I, I, was, was, I was already afraid because you said I spotted a python and I was like, what? <laughs> and for that one, you couldn't hold it without gloves. So they came out with a, with a special set of gloves. Um, which for me personally, uh, even if I understand and respect, it's a bit of a shame because I want to feel, um, I just want to feel the movement before Ugh. I know if I love uh, an exotic bag or not. But that's okay. You know, I hung the chain on and I was able to try it on. And I think that was that in terms of uh, procedure. And it looks pretty much the same. I, I do I do actually appreciate that the queuing is outside. So you don't get the shops overcrowded with people and you stay in the fresh air. Uh, I do understand that it's very frustrating for those who don't have anyone to reach out to to ask for an appointment, although all these shops actually have a phone number and an email address that you can write to in order to get one. But I understand it must look you know, odd. So based. in one hour, you basically had more life than we had in Italy for a week. Yeah, it took two and a half, which I would say was slightly too long, honestly. But as for a first visit, and the, the person who received me is new at Riviton, and I don't know her, and it didn't feel right to sort of go, chop, chop, come on, you know, time is money. I don't know. <laughs> that's terrible. You want to, you know, you want to give her some time to explain the shop the way that she likes you to experience it so it was a little bit longer than I would have wanted to but for the first time it was very very hey nice. there was some there was some champagne come on give give a girl a break it's I mean. it's true it's true it was it was actually it was very nice and uh, you know I say kudos to them for having been able to to do it during the pandemics which also shows you some interesting things on the luxury market um I read a a, uh, a resume of how the fashion industry is impacted in 2020 and without going into boring numbers and quoting, but the luxury market is, is uh, doing remarkably well. And this is just another indicator of that. So that's quite fascinating, actually. Mm, it is fascinating also because I haven't really done anything fashion or luxury or anything in months. So it's, it's just, you know, you're, you're describing something that I used so to know. Mm, but it seems <laughs> but alien. Mm. It is actually very alien. I can't even remember how it felt to, you know, have a glass of champagne with someone and mm. just browse and be there. But if you could, would you? So if now, for example, yesterday Macron opened uh, the commerce again. So of course, again, you know, respecting the the rules. Macron is not my friend. I'm <laughs> I'm talking about the president of France. <laughs> is that like? Yeah, a, I was like, did she say Macron? Or exactly. What, what was that? Just, what was that? You know, just what was that word? Food coming up. What, what was that? What was that word? Yeah, the sn yeah. snort. No, so the snort. <laughs> yeah. So basically, commerce opened in Paris today, and I think people will, you know, carefully venture out. But wait, we have commerce opening up tomorrow oh wow and so tell me what's what's the plan well for you? it's 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 called orange zone because um, italy is divided in rainbow shades mm -hmm. uh, nice it's actually it, it actually sounds funny until you're in it because we spent just spent a month being in a red zone that would finally mean that i couldn't go to primark to get some uh, you know, easy stuff for for myself or for my family or for grandfather who just wanted some things, you know, he could do some work in the house and just throw them away in the washer and blah, blah. And you couldn't go there because it was all closed for a month. But tomorrow everything opens up, even luxury. So I don't think that I will be going because it gives me extreme sadness to see how the fashion district is, is turning now. Uh, it's... Um, one one weird thing is that we don't have any Christmas uh, lights in mm, the city mm. uh, or very few because the Christmas lights are usually offered by uh, the businesses uh, who decorate the street and decorate the stores. Um, I haven't been to the city center because it's all closed, but uh, here in my in my um, environment, there is no no Christmas lights. And I suspect it's the same thing in, in the usual for 
um, streets that make our uh, our luxury department. So I don't think that's going to be any fun because you know how Milan is on the Christmas. It's beautiful and it's uh, cheery. So I don't think I would go because, you know, still Corona and still uh, a very high peak and I don't feel safe. So <laughs> yeah, that's, I don't that's think... the most important indicator. I think, I mean, there is a balance between some, some, uh, killing time or past time and, and maintaining, you know, your sanity and your safety and, yeah. uh, you know, not exposing yourself and people at risk in your family or household. So all that comes together, I would say. And, um, you know, it, it sounds odd, but for example, um, so I, I used pop by Gallery Lafayette to pick up uh, some uh, some candles from Dior. And I went in a weekday because during the weekends, these really big shops, they actually host lots and lots and lots of people. And even if they are doing headcount at the door, uh, there isn't anyone that's going to tell you, sorry, ma'am, you know, you are restricted to this area because the other area square meterage is full, which that is, should be fun. <laughs> yeah, which is why actually it's there is a comfort in the luxury uh, environment because they are very, very strict on these people and you have to be accompanied by a by sales advisor. I mean, there aren't thousands of sales advisors in Galerie Lafayette or in, in Primark. Um, so of course you're going to be able to walk on your own and, and, and on, of course I also understand now I, I stutter because it really upsets me but you know <laughs> it also I understand that you don't want to, to take the hour of a sales advisor just to browse because you have to exactly. be accompanied so it the ease is gone entirely entirely the strolling on your own to to uh, get inspiration or to remember what you have in your closet or to figure out what the prices are for, or to do a market survey. Or... That's, that's one of the effects of this yeah. whole disaster. Yeah. Exactly. Because we used to think that the, the luxury market was all about the experience. So the experience is gone and what leaves it now, it's just shopping and we just don't like the mindless shopping without the ease. So I don't know. I, I find it that online resellers are thriving because you can send the stuff back and you can just try it in the comfort of your home but i i think that this is going to be one very peculiar christmas in milan town because you know every sort of cheer is gone now the principal debate is whether to have the christmas mass or no uh, and we are all pending towards no mm. you know it's 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 mm. also not about just religion it's it's about tradition and you yeah. don't have that anymore everything is prohibited even gathering in inside of homes uh, more than six people of the same household it cannot be so you know you have neighbors who will just call the police on you if you do and there there can be consequences and whatever it's it's gone the cheer is gone so christmas That's, is stolen by corona it's actually interesting that you say that because in luxembourg now they've uh, they've installed uh, some restrictions in terms of bars and restaurants are closed but you know you can only host two people uh, two other people in your household uh, mm -hmm. And uh, it doesn't matter if they are three in theirs. So the, the restrictions for hosting are more severe, interestingly enough. But just one more observation. I just want to say in terms of the luxury shopping experience, I do think it's still offered here and almost enhanced, I would say, in terms of, you know, you, you can't really uh, make it without an appointment. And once you are inside the tent, uh, you are, uh, you know, you are given your own space that nobody else can trespass. So no other sales advisor will bring their customers into your space. But do you feel pressured? No, by something? no, because I only, I mean, also for my uh, my my special circumstances, I I I really go because I have a purchase in mind, and probably you're very right. I wouldn't be going just for a stroll. I don't That's go it. unless I have an errand, right? And then if I don't want to buy, I'm not going to buy, but. No, I agree. So that is that has remarkably changed, but I would say the experience is still still. No, no, remains. the experience. You know, the experience. When I say experience, I mean the ability to go in just yeah, to freedom. say hello, or exactly the freedom to be either uh, stroked by something and you, yeah, you see seduced, it and you or, like it, seduced. Yeah, yeah exactly. You browsed, see it, and then mm -hmm. you have. You know, you the, the illumination, you, I want this. And you didn't even know you wanted it. That's gone because now I feel pressured if I make an appointment to buy something, anything. Yeah, of course. Just to justify someone else's time. Of course. It feels like we are living in, in a dystopian society at the moment. And I can't really think 
about that. So and what I actually do is was I used you know Black Friday to get a pressure cooker. I mean, good. it's either it's either I'm getting old or I'm just boring now <laughs> at this moment. It's good, and also it's what you use the most. I guess it's your kitchen utensils. I think what you what you're saying in one word is that you know the the spontaneous factor is gone. Everything needs to be planned. So unless yeah. you've planned it, forget it, whether it's to stop by or whether to purchase. So I agree that's entirely, you know, gone away. And uh, this is your cue for planning a visit to Milan. <sighs> Crazy. I moment. just I just said that. Crazy said moment. That. And, uh, you know, it you're, needs to be you're, planned. you are more in the kitchen because that's where you can decompress. And that's where you can. Insta- instead of handmaid's tale, I would just say the the kitchen maid stale exactly. and I would write, write a memoir of a lockdown in Milan as a kitchen maid seriously I, I only bought vitamins on the hair vitamins on the Black Friday sales and actually yesterday I went onto a site called Cult Beauty and I bought some Charlotte Tilbury makeup that I wanted to try at 25% discount and, wow. I think, and I think that's that that's what I've done yeah I actually bought a cooking book wow yeah, it's called it's- Saba. It's called Sababa. Please, no one be offended by my um, pronunciation. It's a Jewish kitchen, Israeli kitchen, actually. Oh. It's it's called Sunny Flavors from my Israeli kitchen, and it's written by Adina Sussman. Wow. I came to know about this woman as uh, Chrissy Teigen's cook, uh-huh. and I saw a picture of something so good that I was salivating on my phone, and I just said, okay, it was 11 p.m., and I was in my bed, and I, I said, okay, I'm just going to, you know, impulse buy this. So it's being delivered today, I will uh, tell you. Uh, you bought it on the, the Black Friday yeah. sales? Yeah, yeah, but no, it wasn't on sale. It was just something that I had to have, because all my life now involves kitchen. Yeah. It's either that or the electric toothbrush. <laughs> one caveat if ever there's a hummus in that cookbook please know it's not of israeli origin it's of lebanese origin please one caveat. i knew i knew that that was coming of course i'm still waiting for the hummus made by you so. yeah i mean today i'm gonna make um i'm half gonna make i'm gonna cheat i'm gonna do a swedish cheese pie vesterbotten ost pie um, and I'm going to have that, What was that again? It come was against? the curse saying, you know, I hope all your IKEA furniture come lacking. That was group. more like, I hope you end up in the bathroom the whole day. But anyway, anyway yeah, yeah. Just... It's a very special cheese that used to be done in certain monasteries. Oh, it's and... cheese. Oh, yeah, yes, it's that's cheese. guaranteed to set me in the bathroom for the whole day. <laughs> can, I, can, can you not repeat that one more time, please? <laughs> And uh, we I, I, eat it. I, I'm confident you got the image. Yes. We eat it with Swedish plikro, and I have ble- Swedish plikro in the freezer that I intend to to take out for lunch. Swedish also. what? Plikro. So it's fish uh, fish eggs. Oh 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 god! But uh, it, I, I'm not going to do the pie dough from scratch. I actually bought artificially made pie dough, and then I'm going to make the pie filling from well scratch. It's only eggs, cream, and cheese. And salt and pepper. But that's a lot for being me. That's a lot of time in the kitchen for somebody mm-hmm. who is not a passionate person about it. I thought about you every single second that I made yeah. my osobuko. Yeah. Yes. Osobuko is worth your time, baby. Worth your time. But I, I guess that's a lost cause with you. You are not a kitchen person. But it's good. It's good. It's fine. I will tell you how this uh, Israeli attempt comes out. If you see me emerging from the kitchen in the next uh, week, uh, I will tell you. If you see me emerging from the kitchen, why wouldn't you? Because I spend all my time in the kitchen or the bathroom or the bedroom because nothing Mm. else is available to us, basically, except work and this. But that's going to change tomorrow. Let's see. I'm also curious if I will be allowed to train once again on the outside with my trainer, but that's a murky land. We still don't know. And when you say that you work, I just have to say, I threw out a very quick Q&A on my um, stories this morning. And oh very, very interestingly. So <laughs> oh my we God. Have two... I can see where this is going. Right. I have two questions and they're both relative to your work um, <laughs> and partially mine. So the one question is, is she a lawyer as well? So by she, that's you. And the other question is. Dear God, no. I'd be interested to hear about your careers besides Instagram. And I can just say to our listeners 
that mm. um, my friends actually know uh, what what Lady Volante does for a living because they're all very curious. It's actually the first question that comes up, and I'm quite glad to. <clears> have If you an Google answer. me, you will see that that's not the first question. The first thing that Google's after Lady Violante is Lady Violante's husband. I kid you not. You Google yourself. Yes, I did because someone actually told me that this is what came up as, as first association with Lady Violante. Lady Violante husband. I'm going to do it right now. Go ahead. Yes, uh, it's like this. Lady Violante Instagram, Lady Violante husband, and Lady Violante Depop. And weirdly enough, quién es Lady Violante in Spanish? Ah, okay. Quién es? Who is? Is that quién es? Quién es? Yes. And if you push on that, quien es Lady Violante, es en realidad my name uh, that works as a model. I mean, someone really needs to, you know. No, no, excuse me. Uh, can you translate? Not, uh, you can't assume <clears throat> I speak Spanish. Es... Oh, sorry. No. Yes, Lady Violante is really Sandra Violante who works as a, as a model for Prada and Gucci, wow. which never happened, but <laughs> okay. Wow. And yeah, it's it's very very you know it's crazy to see what actually people assume okay. about. Look, you. I'm gonna I'm not gonna push because I know you want to respect your privacy. I'm just gonna ask three quick ones. You just answer yes or no. Do you work within fashion? Uh, n- yes and no. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, when you're not when you're not on Instagram, do you work within fashion? No. Okay. Good. And then I'm going to ask you, uh, how long have you been working for? Uh, 16 years now. And then the last one, uh, maybe, I don't know which, what, what to make. Uh-huh. While, take while, your pick, take your pick. While maintaining your confidential integrity. Mm-hmm. Uh, You're a lawyer now. This is, this is for you. <laughs> <laughs> what should I ask? If I get sued, you are just going to defend me. So. Okay, let me just say this. Uh, would, mm. would, in normal times, would the majority of your work require to be at an office in non-corona mm. times? No. Okay, good. No. So I hope, I hope, and you're not a lawyer. I think that we said, so I hope that... No, thank God. I, hope I would be the worst lawyer ever. Why? I don't think so. I think you'd be a very, very good lawyer. If you, I mean, everything is a discipline. So whether it's literature or whether it's engineering. I or... have none. Woman, I have none. No, I don't mean, I don't mean having discipline. <laughs> I'm saying it's a discipline, which is a different thing. I mean, it's a method. It's a method that you learn and that you apply. Yes, I know. I know. I know. But still, I have zero patience ah. and I would just jump on someone's throat if I was a lawyer. So that's, that would end me in jail, not in a courtroom. I would be in an orange jumpsuit. So please never think I would be a good lawyer. That's you. You are. I would actually pay to see you lawyer up. Uh, I, mean, I told you, you that already. I want to see that. Yeah, if ever you uh, are threatened by an orange jumpsuit, maybe you would have to pay to see me defend you. <laughs> That's not. And I would, I would really hope I would get a substantial discount because, woman, you are expensive. Let's not go there. Yes, I'm expensive. So I'm a banking and finance lawyer that runs my own practice since 2016. I do mostly finances in the energy sector. Um, and I think that is a very quick summary. And this week, I do something that I don't normally do, uh, which I find very challenging and actually doesn't, I don't really enjoy it, if I'm allowed to say that. I am dealing with a mediation prior to dispute resolution on behalf of an existing client that I accompany for a bunch I of other. I could have told you, I could matters. have told you that you, you wouldn't like a, a mediation. And um, I don't like it because uh, I tend to be more productive in in constructive environments and in litigation and dispute resolution and mediation. I am not thrilled by you know, the prospects of winning or by this, the strategies, etc. Um, and therefore, I, I find it very difficult to be an, uh, at, at my optimal level in um in uh, destructive uh, so-called ambiances. I think that summarizes what I do. Uh, Sorry, I just fall, fell asleep for a quick moment. Yeah, you were saying uh, this lawyering thing, that's 
oh my god seriously like hearing you speak like that it's like seeing seeing a different person who are you what did you do you have to you can't be the same i mean nobody nobody is interested of the glass i had at louis vuitton uh, when they're paying uh, for a legal service i mean most people come either with (laughs) the very little savings they have that they want to use in order to develop some some dreams they don't care so much about who you are all they want to know is that you hear them and see them and they want to have uh, proper and accurate advice, uh, or they, uh, you know, they need uh, help when they've been accused of something, or they risk losing something. And nobody really cares about who you are when you're not a lawyer. And uh, listen, I'm just going to give you something here, and to all those people who actually ask what what do I do? Yes, basically, please, people, give, please, give, 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 <laughs> oh give, give. It's Christmas. Give, give, give. My Christmas spirit is suddenly up. I'm not even Christian. Anyway, so... You don't um, have to be to give. Giving is in all religions and the human nature. And after all this scientific advice, we are done. Anyway, people come to me for advice. People come to me when they have a trouble at some, with something or with someone. People come to me to solve problems. You could actually call me banally problem solver. That's what uh, um, every single person that I've ever worked with has called me uh and are you a shrink no thank god i would just you know give them the worst possible advice because people irritate me when they have all of these imaginary you know problems but i I solve real problems yeah okay be careful with your words now you just said mental problems are imaginary Oh, no, no. I was thinking more about the rich rich ladies of this town who actually have imaginary problems, such as, I don't know, I can't find this shoe in my size. And Mm. this is giving me mental damage. So (laughs) that's about it. No, no, the mental health care I care about deeply and profoundly since I felt like in the last two months that I've been going absolutely bonkers. So... You know, you you couldn't, um, I, I cannot find it in myself to speak with someone professionally, but I'm speaking to you. That should come for something. Of course. So just one more question here. I don't know if you want to venture out, but right. I mean, did your job description say troubleshooter or is that really what the job is about when you... No, no, no. It doesn't say that. It said something entirely more official, but it actually involves me solving problems before they even come on the horizon or if they are already on the horizon i'm the one who's going to sweep in and uh, swipe all of the mess and just leave it nice nice working functionally and uh, you know birds chirping sunshine and christmas and cheer and lights and whatever Hmm. i'm going i'm going to give you christmas cheer when you think you cannot have it well that leads us to the next question here there is more (laughs) Yeah, there's more. Here, Christmas plus New Year's Eve in pandemic time. Do you recommend champagne or dot, 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 question mark? No, I I read this question in, in several ways. So here's just one asking us about our favorite cocktails to drink during Christmas time. Should we have champagne? That That's an alcoholic question. Should okay, I have I can shenanigans? With Should I? It isn't. An, or I actually see multiple facets. I'm wondering, you know, how to temper uh, drinking uh, in these uh, drinks. You don't. You just drink. Come on now. Oh, seriously. Come yes. on. I need we to... are all potentially raging alcoholics here. So you just drink. Woman, I need a drink. I mean, I follow a, an account on Instagram that says women who drink wine. That should tell you something. <laughs> okay. Tells me a lot. Now I'm going to be the mature one of us. I would say I do enjoy a, a glass. Happen. I do enjoy uh, <laughs> glasses of champagne. Uh, glasses yes i do enjoy i uh, since i are you sure you want to keep it at glasses since i had um my my extreme fatigue after my travels i don't tolerate alcohol as i used to uh, so i you know oh, after... that's just called being old that's us being old no no it's not yeah. that. no so after one one glass almost i feel like i uh, wouldn't be able to have a second necessarily which is new to me and i think a lot of people it's new to me too i think a lot of people in stressful situations um have that so i would say you know you you can just drink moderately and in order to feel good and not to hide that you're feeling bad that would be and hydrate Please hydrate with water. Yeah. Okay. That was that was 
one very practical advice coming yes from from someone who wakes up with raging headaches please as much alcohol as you drink you drink as much water so and just you know if you want to have anything else if you want to have mulled wine or alcohol-free beer or uh, christmas coca-cola or you know just tea whatever you feel like that uh, makes the ambiance a bit festive And uh, funnily enough, so I learned that French people over Christmas drink a lot of champagne. And that's kind of new. I think Swedish people drink more glug and and wines and sort of hot beverages. Also, I guess, because it's 15 minus uh, in Sweden during these periods. But I mean, just oysters and champagne is a very French Christmassy food that you eat on the 25th. Wait, wasn't that wasn't that what? French people actually eat and drink on any given day yeah, probably. during the year. I think that's yeah, probably so. the festive, you know, the festive uh, food. While in Sweden over Christmas, you eat lots of meat, you eat lots of pork, you eat lots of pickled herring. And Can uh, I have that in Swedish? Yeah, julskinka, inlagd sill, köttbullar, prinskorv, julbord. Well, there you go. That sounded like a laxative, <laughs> but okay. Can you stop that? I'm going to have to edit all your foul <laughs> poo-poo mouth out of this podcast. Now you're, you're getting a yellow card, seriously. <laughs> seriously. I'm sorry. It's just Swedish, Swedish gets the worst out of me. It's, it's, it kicks me into motion to see all of that... Um, you know, letters with uh, with uh, signs over them. That that's you know, it gives me a kick. I'm sorry, I have to mock. Tell you. me something. Um, when mm. you speak Italian, uh, speaking about languages, mm. um, do all your followers follow, or do you have some that feel left out? Well, um, I, I feel like s- somehow people actually manage to, to understand if it's not strictly related to the Italian, Italian political scene or some Italian, you know, double entendre or something like that. If it's Italian, for example, like me and Paolo having a banter uh, while we train, somehow people understand what it's about. Sometimes I will just write it a little bit, a hint underneath, or they just ask But normally, no one feels excluded, or at least they didn't tell me they feel excluded. But it's also true that I mostly write in English. And I get the opposite complaint from Italians who feel left out. But I Um, feel left out when you do some Italian. Would you not consider subtitling in two languages, or is that just too time-consuming? Too time-consuming. I will have to have a secretary for that. I mean, you know, I would like to do that, but then um, you kind of lose... The moment you mm. lose the spontaneity of the moment, mm. so I just avoid. But I think my two worlds, three or four worlds, can live uh, together. In parallel. You mm. feel left out. You haven't told me that. No, I do. I do. And I mean, I I love watching stories, but I don't like stories with you know talking stories with sound that come without subtitles mm-hmm. because I'm often sneak watching uh, when I shouldn't, and I don't want other people to hear what I'm listening to. Ha. Um, so, and I also like it to be able to sort of write so people who who are hearing impaired can just read and see what's going on. Um, and I was playing with the thought of, you know, doing stories in French for a week, but then probably. Um, but do you know there is an app that can actually uh, automatically translate as long as it's properly pronounced and not <laughs> slang and not uh, poo-poo involving or something like that or Swedish. Swedish, I don't know if they can translate. They can actually subtitle you in live, basically. You, you do the stories and they do the subtitles. I've tried that and it was atrocious, so I just gave up. Okay, well, I mean, why are you it, recommending it? I tried it, it was atrocious. Try it, try But it. What, it, Perhaps it. It tags to Instagram, so you download it and you can use it within the app or... But no, you, you you cannot use it within the app. You would actually have to download it and do videos uh, and then get, put them on Instagram. So it's also time consuming, yeah, but it's, it's, you know, it's, it's, uh, it doesn't recognize the pauses. So it just recognizes hmm. the, the text and it puts it out <laughs> in different timing than the video itself. Okay, so it's, well, it's a little bit. Yeah, thanks for the not, recommendation. Not, Let's not even give the name of that app. Absolutely so worth, worthless. But... <laughs> <laughs> but anyhow okay here's a question more questions yes here's, oh, a, here's one yes. for you i knew it um why do i feel like bolting how mm, does yeah. lady violante think when applying eye makeup please share how do i think or what do i think no, that i don't know 
I mean, what do you think? No, I don't want to know what you think. I know it's going to be the gutter. How do you think? I mean, well, I guess <laughs> I guess the question is, give us a bit your method when picking out colors and that thing. Not what are you thinking about when you're applying eye makeup. You're thinking about your also Oh, the color. No. Uh-huh. Yeah. No, I'm yeah, I'm not thinking about yeah. Okay. How do you I'm do? Just going, give us okay. How do you do? Yes. <laughs> Maybe you recommend uh, well, a procedure for eye wearing makeup instead of a atrocious app that doesn't translate properly. Yeah, true. Um well, I actually know what, you know, kind of looks good on my eye. And I like, I know the colors that I hate and I know the colors that I love. Which ones do you hate? For, uh, I hate everything that is earth colored. Really? Like, yes, it's horrifying on me. I look like I was beaten up by my husband and I don't like it but at I all. But I think I've seen you in copper and brown and it's amazing on you, no? Or does... But co- copper mixed up with some darker shades, that could be a, n- a nice highlight. But I, I would normally not go for it. I would go for golden. I would go for um, copper being the upper, mm. you know, just illum- illuminate the whole thing. But it wouldn't, wouldn't be the main feature. Uh, the last makeup uh, passion I got for was for Pat McGrath. Mm. And she has some sparkly, crazy stuff that actually came to my house like uh, a week after I returned from uh, from my family's funeral. And it was crazy to think that I would ever use it, but I'm actually using it because it's very cheerful. And when I do makeup, I like it to be um, noticeable. I don't like subtle makeup, mm. if that makes any sense. I was never subtle about anything. So <laughs> this is yeah, interesting. So, so do you wear makeup every day, or only like when you when you? Well, say- not now, <laughs> not now. I don't. I I actually do an effort uh, whenever I have a call, whenever I have Zoom calls for work, uh, then I do the, the effort because I think that I shouldn't be inter- interrupting any kind of you know uh, normal routine that I have in my workplace. Mm. Uh, so I dress up and I put my makeup and I do all my things Uh, I actually use a ring light when I have zoom so I'm on the next level baby Uh, but yes I like to experiment with makeup a lot so I've learned that hazel eyes such as mine that are between green and yellow work very well with anything that is purple anything that is um, dark burgundy anything that is golden like the makeup that I had on the last photo I posted on Instagram that was really difficult to make but and and it's a long procedure because eastern makeup takes a lot of your time and it's precision work sorry sorry i think you have to redo all of that because one of our connections went went down sorry crap go ahead (laughs) which one do i have to redo? just this last two sentences please uh, yes, I like to experiment with makeup and I learned that hazel eyes such as mine, which are between green and yellow, uh, actually work pretty well with anything purple, mm-hmm. anything burgundy, anything golden. Mm. So these sparkly eyeshadows work very well, but you cannot use them in daylight because it's uh, actually way too much. So when I don't do that, I use these colors and I also use green, which is something that my mother gave to me. She has green eyes and she's always used green eyeshadow. And for the longest time, I thought that would never be my thing. But now somehow it is. Dark greens then or or sort of? Dark, yeah. yes. Darker emerald wow. tones of green. It's, it's very good. And I actually even go dark black makeup when I feel particularly naughty. Wow. Um, it's, it's a full smoky eye. Normally, I go for the smoky eye and that has been my go-to. Uh, since I've learned how to do makeup. So I don't do anything in particular. I, wa- I watch a lot of tutorials okay. uh, on, on, Who do you online. Watch? Um, I used to watch a girl called uh, Dress Up Your Face. I think it's, it's her name. She is very good with uh, any, you know, the Kardashian type makeup, mm. which is way too much for me because I don't do contouring thing. I don't want to be changing the shape of my face. But I like the way she does her eyes because she does a lot of Indian and Pakistani brides and, you know, all, all of that big eye makeup. But the one thing that I've learned that looks actually very good on me and I didn't even know it was eyeliner. When I did the Dolce campaign, uh, they put a huge, this big Adele-like looking eyeliner on me and I, I was, you know, shook. I didn't know that looked good on me, but it actually does. So I use it a lot. Do now. you have a, a picture of that makeup only, like sort of a, a face 
shot either? I actually do. I actually do. I think I posted it. Can you please repost it on your story so we can take a look today? Oh, yes. Yes. Oh, yes. Yes, ma'am. I, I thought you did a cat eye on your own. No? Yes, I did. But it never comes out as this beautiful makeup um, they did on me. Because, of course, it was done by a beautiful professional mm. called Elisa Rampi. She's an amazing woman to be followed on Instagram. She's uh, the best makeup artist that I ever worked with. How, uh, she how many did, do you know? <laughs> I've worked with like one. A lot, oh, okay. a lot. <laughs> you would be surprised. You would be surprised. I, I know a lot of them. And I tell you, this woman actually managed to make me look wow, fantastic. Mm. And she did this huge eyeliner thing. And I was like, how did you do that? And the more that I was looking, the less I was understanding. Eyeliner to me is a huge mystery. So I'm still learning, but I'm willing. Yeah, I mean, I, I have two left hands and uh, I, it's almost like I don't even know the shape of my eyes when it comes to doing an eyeliner. I don't, even, I don't know how to do the flick. I don't know how to do anything. So I agree. Big, big mystery. Not at all something yeah. that I uh, feel like. Uh, but it's actually really easy. You should see the photographer that uh, took my pictures, mm -hmm. Nima Benati. I think a, a lot of people follow her. Uh, she is the queen of eyeliner. Mm -hmm. Like I've never seen anyone do the eyeliner with such precision and such ease. She is amazing. Now, if you need inspiration, just go to her. Okay. She does. She answers that sort of question every single day because people ask her, "How do you manage to make this beautiful, perfect cat eye?" She is beautiful in person. I mean, sorry, she's she's stunning, but that that's art to me. Whoever manages to, to do the perfect flick, she's a queen. I, I must just say, whoever asked this question, I think your followers must know you really well because they ask one question and you really have... Oh, I love it. You actually have something to say about the, the eye makeup procedure. So it's not haphazard or like, oh gosh, I never really thought about it. I just slap it on. No, not at all. It's properly thought through. It's methodical. You're super aware of... You know, what, what you like, what you don't like, and what you need to practice on and all that. It's really, I just, I want to say thank you on behalf of the <laughs> follower community for having taken the time to properly answer the question. It sounds corny, but I actually, I kind of mean it, even if I'm making fun of you also. But, uh, I know, I know. I know you love me. I love you too. Oh, and this is turning soppy. Yeah. Like, it's Christmas. I know. I'm sorry. I'm turning emotional. But anyway, yeah, we can do... Um, all sorts of tutorials about this. And I, I like it because I'm not a 20-something yeah. woman who, with flawless skin. I actually have um, issues that I want to mask. For example, my eye isn't as open as I would like it to be, but that's genetics for mm. you. My mom has the same issue. And uh, I need some things that will make my eye pop up uh, and show the full extent of the color, which I actually realize I'm lucky, lucky to have inherited from my parents. Mm. So um, that's something I put very much thought into because eyes are the first thing that people notice when you look at mm. them. That and your shoes. I don't know why. Two extremes. <laughs> so I put a lot of thought into it and I, I, I experiment a lot. And there's a, a lot of tricks that go into, into the whole procedure. And so, here's, here's yeah. a one quick question. Uh, yeah. a very good mascara off the top of your head uh, they're real by benefit cosmetics that's my go-to mascara and that that's something i i couldn't go without um and to be honest i i don't have any sort of deal with them i've just been using it for the last 15 years uh, it makes my eyelashes look fake actually i was uh, about to say this is one of my go-to i always have one of them in my either in my makeup bag or in my makeup drawer uh, even if I alternate, but I agree, they make really, really good quality. I mean, all, all the benefit mascaras, I would say almost. The formula is fantastic, and then it's up to the brush, I would say. I, I don't know how, but everyone actually asks me when I put those, they ask me, are, are your eyelashes fake? Mm. And I'm like, no, mine. But still, if you see me normally without makeup, you wouldn't see that they are so large and long. But this, this is a miracle maker. So that's one, you know... Um, Christmas stuffer you need to have. Very good. And then if we then we take one more question, I think we take the last question and maybe that's also something mm -hmm. for the Christmas tree. What perfumes do you wear? I think. Ha. Huh. Huh. This, this is funny. Um, I have a, um, a closet full of perfumes. I kid you not. 
But my actual favorites uh, are and remain the Dior perfumes. Perfumes you can actually get only in the store. Uh, you know, the one with the odd per- perfumery. Um, the exclusives I, or what? Yes, the exclusives. Mm. The ones in big bottles, I never, I never actually can manage to remember um, the, the real name of the product, but the one in the big bottles that you can find in store. Mm-hmm. And uh, I have three or four different, of those. Different ones are the yes. same. Wow. No, no, different ones. Uh, one of them is uh, Green Montaigne. Mm-hmm. That's my go-to everything. I, I, I just love that one. Green Montaigne is everything. What is it called? Uh, Gris Montaigne. Gris Montaigne, yes. Uh-huh. And Bois d'Argent. Bois d'Argent is a bit of a joke in my household because I, oh my God, this is going to come out so badly. I put it on my sheets. <laughs> I know it's, it's horrifyingly decadent of me, <laughs> but I spray it on my um, pillowcase so I can sleep in Bois d'Argent. Fantastic. For that, I have a spray that I stole at, um, at a hotel, at the Phuket Hotel that I stayed you at. You said you stole it. Yes, <laughs> I stole it. Um, it was next to my bedside table when we were in Deauville and I took it home. So mine is stolen. But I also, I use, um, what is it called? I think it's called Bal, uh, Bal de Rose, I think. That's the one mm-hmm. from uh, Dior that I like. I actually have to say... Uh, no, it's called Grand Bal. Sorry, Grand Bal. Oh, yes, that one is good Grand too. Bal. Mm-hmm. I'm the type that's always only had one scent and I am the one, I have a type of skin that um, quickly smells sour or sort of vinegar or cat pee-pee, if you wish, uh, when it blends with oh, how certain perfumes. And either my skin has evolved uh, with time, so it's less so these days, or um, I've actually been able to find um, the perfumes that are suitable. But I, I was gifted a long, long time ago. Uh, I hosted an Australi- Australian friend um, over a weekend. Um, she was an exchange student that uh, came from Australia to Uppsala, which is a student town in Sweden. And we had a, a full weekend with her visiting friends in Stockholm. And as a thank you, she brought um, two perfumes, one for me and one for the other host that was my best friend at the time. And she gave them to us randomly. So I got the Chanel Chance and my friend got the Chanel Mademoiselle. And it's just the strike of luck. And I've been wearing Chanel Chance as my sort of house scent since 2004. And, and you know, probably until uh, I don't know what year I didn't uh, change. I just kept mm-hmm. with that. Interestingly, she gave the Mademoiselle to my friend. And if I put the Mademoiselle on, I feel nauseous. It doesn't at all smell nice on me. Um, oh, and then I met I met a lady in my work, um, a lady, uh, an iron lady that worked with the African Development Bank, and she told me that she pairs all her perfumes depending on you know what what type of body wash and body lotion she uses in the shower, and that triggered an interest in me to start mixing sort of instead of just going into the shop and buying the Chance perfume and then the Chance uh, body lotion and, you know, make it easy for you, I started thinking, you know, how to pair whatever my Dove body wash with the scents I had. And from there and onwards, I started discovering a few more ones that actually go well with my skin. So apart from Chance and uh, Grand Bal, I also discovered um, one from Carven, which is called L'Absolu, and it's very unlikely as sort of a perfume house, but absolutely mm-hmm. amazing on. And then when I was um, in university, I would also wear men's perfume, and I still do. And somehow they pair very oh, well. Oh, I, st- I steal men's watches. I don't do perfume. <laughs> I steal the watches also, but I used to wear Roma for for oh my you? god i remember <sighs> Roma. oh my god that's that's like a jump in the past i used to wear that i still i mean if i smell it i still like my i get you know weak knees and i also i also wear uh, one million for men not the one for women and i absolutely love it and, and it works a beauty it works a treat on my skin so now i realize that i forgot belle de jour uh it's it's the, the Dior Dior one. fragrance yeah. too, yes that's one of my favorites too actually because of the name not not just because of the perfume but the name is so kinky that i love it now i'm gonna it rem- yeah it, it reminds re- yeah it reminds me of a of um i think a catherine de neuve film 
called Belle du Jour or something like ah, that. But it's it's so so good. Yeah. So here I have in front of me a, a gift set with small testers from Dior. So here you have Sakura, Ambre de Nuit, Bois d'Argent, Gris Dior, Lucky, Jasmine des Anges. Yes, Gris Montagne Gris. is now called Gris Dior. Gris Dior. Okay. Yes. Jasmine des Anges, Belle du Jour, and Oud Isfahan. And yesterday I tried the Sakura one actually. Doesn't uh, it doesn't smell at all on me, frankly. Um, mm-hmm. then, which is better than smelling, you know, sour or vinegar, um, one of the typical smells. <laughs> but it's true. It's true. You know, the, the Joe Malone scents, uh, I have a friend that uses them and on me, they smell of really a salad dressing and on her, they smell sort of sweet, I don't know, sweet something. So it's really strange. No, but the skin is not, you know, it's yeah. not one size fits all. Yeah. So yeah. Um, the same thing that goes on you will just be bad on me. I have a friend and uh, actually we both have a certain Turkish friend who is amazing with fragrances, mm. but the things that uh, smell excellent on him just don't do the same thing to me. Mm. Uh, so I just, you know, sniff him all the time <laughs> when I'm with him. I'm like, I'm sorry, I look weird, but I, I like the way you smell. That didn't come out nicely. But anyway, yes, people are different and smells are different too. And the way fragrances react too. So before buying an actual perfume, I need to think about it. I need to have it on my skin. I remember one experience in Burberry uh, when I actually um, found out they have this private blend of perfumes, which were super expensive. And there was one uh, based on white amber, which is extremely expensive as as um you know um something that a perfume is based on and i think i lost my head over that perfume which i didn't end up buying because it was really really bad badly expensive. how bad is bad 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 was i think 550 Oof, euros okay. for a bottle. that's very bad yeah <laughs> that's very wow. bad yeah uh, but i think that was a deep perfume that actually you know managed to touch something inside of me mm. and I was like oh wow this is my fragrance but I never ended up buying it so <laughs> it's a good addiction I don't know. not to have uh, exactly like thank god I didn't end up with that because that would have been a disaster but yes I'm strong in fragrances and I have a, a closet full of them I know they expire but I try to give them also when I when I whenever I can to family and friends do you so wear fragrance every day Yes, yeah. absolutely. Yes, that's something that my grandmother taught me. And she said that every woman should actually have a signature one. But uh, I'm not loyal in perfumes. But I actually have two or three that I rotate the most. And there is one fragrance that a person very close to me work-wise used to wear. A person that I really admired that is no longer with us. And that was Van Cleef and Arpels. It was called First. Mm. And that's amazing perfume. And they sort of make it, but uh, Eau de Parfum, but she used to wear the Eau de Toilette, which was so intense, you wouldn't believe it. Mm. But that is kind of discontinued or something mm. because I can't find it anymore. But I still have some in my closet and it's, wow, something else. I also, I wear both deodorant and perfume daily. <laughs> Actually, it would please. I'm you. so happy that you told me that because ne- you will never be stinky to me. And uh, apparently, Madame, Mrs. Mademoiselle Coco Chanel has at some point in time said you should wear perfume everywhere where you want to be kissed. So when when uh, the lady Ew. when the lady at the shop uh, has me try the perfumes, she just throws it all over. So she's like, "You should. Here we go. You want to be kissed everywhere. That's actually quite charming. I like that." Um, I will just, you know, abstain from what I was supposed to say here. But yes, uh, I think that no one would actually spray perfume in those places. But but no, okay, just, but, okay, but... okay. Let's just get your mind off the gutter. <laughs> the, interestingly enough, I wear perfume straight on my skin, uh, straight after having put body lotion in the shower. But I know lots of people that wear perfume on their clothes, so they put it. No, yeah, exactly, that's no. exactly. That's a big no. So. So unless your clothes are black and uh, in general you shouldn't because it attracts moths and what? all we sorts don't of have moths in this country. What <laughs> attract moths? Yeah, Luxembourg is moth free. Please <laughs> make sure that you advertise that when people come to you. Um, it, it attracts all sorts of moths and creatures like that, but also it stains. Uh, it stains 
irreversibly stains clothes. So please don't spray anything on that. I don't think so. Unless, I don't think unless, so. Yeah. unless it's specifically devised for uh, for clothes, because I know some people actually produce that, or your hair. I know people who spray uh, perfume yeah, in their I hair. I have hair perfume um, also. Yes, me too. Me too. By Dior. So uh, if you spray that, <laughs> see, of course it is. And Gizu. Uh, and Gizu. Mm. Um, if you spray that, that's fine. But please don't use regular perfume on no, your clothes. No, I mean, regular or... perfume it contains alcohol. So for one, you shouldn't yes. be use it on, um, on fake pearls or real pearls. Actually, you shouldn't be using it on places where you're going to wear pearls. That's one, because then that makes the, the... So you don't go anywhere near the, the Chanel pearls. But you can't put it on your neck if you're going to hang Chanel pearls on it. Uh, but I I do think, I mean, I, I the few times that I do spray perfume on my clothes, I don't think it particularly stains. But then I, I make sure not to spray it on the metals because that can create a, a reaction. So you've got to be really careful not to ruin it. On anything. silk, everything stains. Yeah, absolutely. So I, I never, yeah, yeah, yeah. never, ever yeah. spray. If I spray perfume, I just, you know, spray it in the air and then I walk into the mist. Yeah. And then that's, on that's the hair, it's dehydrating. So you should avoid that because it's alcohol also. So unless it's a tailor-made one, just keep away. Yes, 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 yes. So after we gave all this wise wisdom, how are people, you know, ever going to look at perfume and not think of us? Ever again. Um, ever again. Ever again. Yeah. Darling, it's been, yes. been very nice talking to you. You too. And please don't spray anywhere on, on near silk because okay. now I'm worried because you actually worry me in this, I don't in wear, this place. I don't wear so much silk anymore. So uh, I was about to say that when you even mentioned that, I forgot that it even exists as a fabric, right? We're in pandemic times. <laughs> Never say that to me and again. I don't mean I wear polyester, but I wear a lot of cotton. That's what I mean. Thank God. <laughs> That's what I mean. <laughs> Thank God. Terrible. Yes, I know. I know. I know. So um, enjoy your Sunday. Everyone else, enjoy your Sunday too. Our shenanigans will continue next week. Enjoy your Sunday and happy first Advent. Oh, yes, there is that too. You need to remind me of everything <laughs> Advent related because I'm really bad. <laughs> it's so bad you get very good. Yes, I know, I know. So, enjoy your Sunday. You too. It was nice talking to you. Bye-bye.